1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: New York's fan Sports Radio
2: 101.9 FM The Fan W-S-A-N, New York 924 here on this Tuesday evening it's JJ After Dark. Janusz Strefski we're right here on the fan we'll have the legendary Timmy Brando, who's one of the iconic voices in college sports, going to join us in a couple of minutes as he is doing the Big East tournament this week, get a sense on who he likes and who he doesn't when it comes to March Madness. And, you know, I'm going through this list of players. Shaq Barrett, just my, my eyes light up, thinking about the impact he had on the Buccaneers. And listen, Tampa was going to be able to keep everybody. Keep on Vonte David. Keeping Chris Godwin just not the way it works on a Super Bowl team. Shaq Barrett would look really, really good in a whole lot of different uniforms. So without further ado, before we get back to you, calls, we welcome in a man whose voice makes you think of November, fall Saturdays, and makes you think of March Madness, the great governor, Tim Brando. Timmy, what's happening, bud? Well, it's good to be with you, and it's
3: great to be in New York. I uh, love The the city and uh, and MSG, I gather, need a little juice and hopefully the Big East Tournament can do that for the city.
2: Well, we've seen that over the years, Tim. And listen, you were here last year during all the craziness, during all the madness, the game getting shut down between St. John's and Creighton at halftime. At least this year, you're going to get full games to finish up, I would hope.
3: Yeah, I'm hoping that we'll at least get the full tournament in. Uh, Next year, I'm banking on you know, for the first time, the full treatment from the tournament, you know, a, a full house. And um, I got a little smattering of it last year when on the first night Georgetown and St. John's played. It was a hell of a game. had a good crowd. It wasn't packed, but it was it was juiced. It sounded like a, a St. John's-Georgetown game at the Garden is supposed to sound like. And But unfortunately, at that point uh, in the proceedings, even the fans knew that would be the last time they'd be at a basketball game. I don't know that they felt like it would be the last time they'd be at a game for that long a period of time. We're still waiting on them to get back. But, look, it has been um, an unprecedented year. It's been unlike anything, and I've been very fortunate in that I've actually been able to do all my games on the road. I haven't done a game from my house. I haven't done a game from my studio. I've I've been at every game I've called, and I'm one of the blessed ones in that respect. But uh, I think just being able to see – Uh, the action back on the floor at Madison square garden and each team, I think is going to have something like 400 tickets allocated to them. Uh, There'll be a little noise in the building and I, and I know the intensity level is going to be high because the thing's wide open, you know, with the losses that Villanova has incurred with injuries the last couple of games, you know, Justin Moore with an ankle this past week at Providence to go along with the loss of Gillespie. Uh, Creighton obviously has had some issues that they've had to deal with within the program um, that, that uh, you know, I think people have already seen documented. So I think it opens the door, really, for what is a balanced league and an opportunity for teams like St. John's, which I, I personally believe is the most dangerous team uh, in the tournament because they've they've certainly done it before. And uh, they've had success against the teams that are higher seeds this year in the regular season. And Mike Anderson's done a great job. But all those teams, you know, Ed Cooley's team always plays well here. And Seton Hall and, and uh, an enigmatic team that's got all the tools but has struggled of late, kind of limping to the finish line in the regular season. And Xavier, those are two teams that I think if they got to the finals, they could get a bid. You know, they're they're bubble teams. So there's a, there's a lot of reason for a lot of teams to play their hearts out. And it all starts tomorrow at
0: uh, 3 o'clock.
2: And we're fired up to watch. And we're in agreement on St. John's. You know, Tim, I had Mike Anderson on an hour ago. And mm-hmm. what he's done with that program over the last two years is really, really impressive. They have taken on the personality of their head coach. He has recruited players who are going to play that style of basketball that works so well. We've seen it for years 40 Minutes of Hell, you know, when he was at Arkansas.
1: Missouri. Yeah,
2: yeah. This is a guy who's been in the NCAA tournament year after year after year. You've seen St. John's. What is it specifically you think, Tim? That makes them such a dangerous team now going into this Big East tournament.
3: Well, they're the only team. You know, you talk to most coaches, even Patrick Ewing, who's who's new at it, but certainly was well-tutored, spent some time in the NBA as an assistant. They'll all tell you that they're more comfortable by this time of the year when they're playing about eight guys. You know, they all want it to, to get their starting lineup set, and they want to get a rotation of about eight that they're comfortable with, and Anderson defies that. Uh, even his greatest players, okay, are only going to play like twenty-seven, twenty-eight minutes. Not, not unlike what Nolan Richardson did with guys like Cornelius Williamson, when Mike was an assistant uh, for him there in the in the early nineties, uh, in the mid-nineties. That's just the way he plays. So you get to this time of the year, and what are we talking about in terms of storylines with most of these teams, even the great ones? Okay, what are we talking about? Villanova injuries. Okay. Seton Hall injuries. Uh, everybody's banged up. Well, Anderson's team is <laughs> they're, they're, they're sort of uh, Teflon to that. They, Hey, just give me four hard minutes, man. Just give me four hard minutes. Get me to the next television timeout. That's all I need from you. And if you pat your, your chest, I'm, I'll take you out. As long as I know you played hard for those two and a half, three, four minute intervals, you know, we'll go to it's he's he's hell on a play-by-play guy because it's like uh, you know at a bus stop. You know, every time there's a horn, here comes three new guys on the
2: floor. Yeah, but so you can handle to, it, Timmy Brando. You, I mean, there are certain guys down. who could not. You're one of those guys who can handle it. You're moving a mile <laughs> well, a minute too. It's like a it's like a line change in hockey. You know,
3: it's just here here come three new guys. Uh uh You know, you're hearing the horn and here they come, and you have to reset the lineup a lot. But but that's the thing. Uh, whether it's posh whether it's a guy like Erlington who uses his lower body to get into places. Certainly Champagny is a talented and versatile athlete, but where they press, how they press, they get into your legs. You know, when they beat uh, Villanova, Villanova had a bad shooting night over at Cardo Arena. They did. But in the second half, when Nova was trying to make its patented move, you could tell their legs were gone. Their guards were tired because the – the St. John's, there's an old saying among coaches, you know, rag, rag the ball, rag, rag the guard. Don't let him get across the timeline easily. That wears on people. And, um, you know, that's that's really the instruction he got from Nolan Richardson many, many years ago. And uh, he's got a lot of personnel right now on his team that, that I think reminds him of some of the guys that he got to coach. Uh, back in those great days in the 90s. And the athletes here, this is the other thing. This is just the, you know, he's just cutting through. I mean, the, the ceiling for his success is much greater than where they are right now. All right? Because in this part of the country where basketball is king, and where these kids are, he's recruiting, are on the streets of the city uh, and they're playing year-round, they're going to want to play this style of basketball. You play your guts out defensively and then you get the green light and the freedom offensively and and that's what sets his clubs apart uh it won't be long trust me when we'll we'll be talking about st john's being a prohibitive favorite uh in this league he's the perfect fit at the perfect time for st john's
2: i think a whole lot of new york fans and a whole lot of redstone alum loving hearing that we got the great timmy brando fox sports is going to have a busy week at the big east tournament Timmy, you spent a lot of time, though, watching a bunch of these Big Ten teams. Mm-hmm. I think they got two number one seeds. Illinois, I think, has earned a number one. Michigan, yep. I believe, has earned a number one. When you look at their tournament coming up this week, outside of Michigan, outside of Illinois, give me a team that you think could be dangerous, win a couple of games, and maybe have a chance, a puncher's chance, to go and win in the whole damn thing.
3: Well, you know, you'd like to say Ohio State, because they've struggled of late, losing four in a row, but they know they're in. And even if they get punched out early, they're looking at no worse than the three-line, and they're probably on the two-line. Okay, so, you know, they'll be okay. Uh, Michigan State, in my mind, by splitting with Michigan in those last two games, that that game they won the uh, the other day, I thought got them in. So I don't know that Izzo's team has to get it done. So when you tell me, who uh, that w- w- would get there that has been consistent and maybe overlooked because of Illinois, because of Ohio State, because of Michigan, and maybe because of the way uh, Izzo's team has closed, maybe Michigan State. I would tell you that team, that, and they're going to get a bid too, but I'm telling you, Iowa is one of the most overlooked, outstanding teams in that league. Uh, Luka Garza is what the guy that everybody talks about. Uh, but, but they're a team that, that shares the ball well, and Fran McCaffrey's got them playing much better defense this year, which I think really does help them. But they're going to get in the tournament. So the question becomes, is there anybody? They're, all gonna, they're practically all going to get in, and we're talking nine, maybe ten teams that are going to get in, but in the second half of the season, it's just been impossible to think that you could go on the road and get outstanding wins. I'll tell you who I really think will have a really fun time playing and may get overlooked is your guys from over in Piscataway. Uh, Look out for Rutgers, you know, (laughs) a team that, I mean, what a job he's done, you know, I mean, just an amazing, amazing job. And I know he makes Jim Calhoun proud having been on his staff many, many years ago, those, those clubs to me, all of them are in, I don't think that there's any bid stealing that's going to take place in the big 10, but don't be surprised if those teams that don't get uh, as much love from the national pundits, and I think Iowa's been one of those teams all year. You know, they've, they've been in the top ten. They I think they got as high as number four early in the year, and then they dropped some games, but they've closed it out, you know, pretty well for Fran McCaffrey. So I, I, I would say keep an eye on Iowa. Um, uh, Rutgers is a real surprise maybe in the tournament, and, uh, and also – Uh, Michigan State. Just because Izzo, with his team right now, he doesn't want to take the foot off the pedal. You know, they've had a great back half after their team really, really struggled early. Uh, But those teams are all quality teams. And Purdue, you know, the Boilermakers are another team, just like Iowa. They're a veteran team. They got old. They stayed old. And we really don't talk much about Wisconsin, do we? And yet, they're a perennial top 20 team. So, I just mentioned, I think, the whole damn league.
2: Hey, that's (laughs) what you do though. That's why you're the encyclopedia. That's why we have you on the show. And be honest with me, Timmy. All these years of doing the ACC tournament, I was thrown off today, and I bet you were thrown off today, seeing Duke play in the afternoon (laughs) on a Tuesday as a 10 seed. What is this, 1981, for goodness sakes? Yeah, you know,
3: I'll tell you something else. Uh, It's also wild to watch a Duke team that doesn't defend the three. I mean I got done with my game last week at uh, Providence with Villanova and I went out to eat and we're watching the Duke Carolina game. First off it's you know bizarre to watch all the Duke Carolina games I did in my history with the ACC and then to see both of them you know struggling to get in. Now North Carolina is going to get in but but Duke is clearly a, a bubble team. They they're not even on it yet. They got to win I think 3 games if they want to get on it maybe get all the way to the finals. They may have a shot against Louisville. They may, they may after. You know, They're they actually favored, believe it or not, yeah, Tim, against yeah, I'm Louisville. not surprised. Favored. You know, that's the team you got for Louisville. If they beat Duke, it's a third win. So it's hard to beat a team a third time. So I get the odds makers on that. But here's the deal. Coach K, who, who built that program on what? Pressure on the ball defense. Has a, a, a bunch of players that are one and done that don't defend the three, okay? Don't defend the three, and that's an issue. So for Duke, it's always about making baskets because they don't stop anybody, uh, and, and and it's unfortunate, but this year during the COVID era, what we saw were the teams that had a culture, the teams that had uh, veteran players, all right? All the really good teams that we talked about in the Big Ten, they may have one or two freshmen that are great, but they also have three or four, a handful of outstanding veteran players that have been around for a while, okay? Duke doesn't have that. Kentucky surely didn't have that. And uh, the other teams that struggled, North Carolina also for the bulk of the season, way too many young guys. North Carolina's trying to play the Carolina way with a bunch of bigs that can't get up and down the floor the way they once did. So these teams are skeletons of their former selves. And I think in a lot of ways, it wasn't the coach's fault. No one, no one ever, ever anticipates a, a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic, international pandemic. But if you were selling your soul to the one-and-done approach, which helped Mike Krzyzewski win one extra national title in 2015 and got Calipari one national title in 2012, you had no summer with your guys. You had very little time in the fall. And if you have no time for these young players to get with the players that you did have a year ago that are held over, you've got no chemistry. And so no chemistry, no culture, means you're on the outside looking in. So I think in a lot of ways, maybe this was one of those uh, rare moments when the deficiencies of selling your soul to the one-and-done approach in college basketball really was going to be costly. And it just happened to hit the Blue Bloods right smack dab in the middle of their faces.
2: Okay, Timmy Brando, let's see if we're on the same page in the ACC. I think Florida State's the team to beat. They have been throughout the regular season, Saturday's side against Notre Dame. The team I have my eye on, though, I may be invested in them over the next couple of days, full disclosure, Josh Pastner and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. They're playing great basketball. Moses Wright, veteran Gordon Alvarado. Timmy, though, am I crazy to think that Georgia Tech can go and win this ACC tournament? No. I don't think so. No, not at all. It, you know, Florida State is
3: secure in the fact that they're in, uh, and and what, when you know that, I, I think it's you can say as a coach that you want your guys to stay hungry, and uh, you know, there's no such thing as uh, learning something from uh, a loss, but in truth particularly if you're a guy like Leonard Hamilton, who plays a lot of guys. You know, uh, he's the closest thing to Mike Anderson in terms of going deep into his bench. They play pressure defense, but they don't do, nobody does what, what St. John's does or what Nolan Richardson did when they played the 40 minutes of hell. But he does play a lot of guys. So, with that in mind, uh, you know, he's, he wants to get the most out of them, but he's not necessarily worried okay, about tired legs the following week. He's not worried about the impact of uh, going deep into the ACC tournament and what that might do to his club's chances in the NCAA. A lot of coaches are that way. I I think that Leonard will be – he wants his team to play well, but he's not going to push the buttons the way he'll push them the following week, which I think does open the door for teams like Georgia Tech. I actually think the other club that – has impressed me a lot of late that, that could could be you know a problem if, if they beat Duke as Louisville. Um, I think Chris Mack's team wants to impress. They haven't had much success in the ACC tournament since getting in. I think it's something he wants to accomplish. Chris has got some swagger about him, uh, and he's made that known. He's, he's, he's one of those guys that's decided to be sort of a party crasher of sorts. Um, that's a, that's a guy I keep an eye on, and the other one is Syracuse.
2: Oh, you know I like hearing that. You know I like um, hearing that. Timmy Brandol is yeah, an Orange man throwing through that. I thought you slid me up. Yep. Yeah, you know, Bayham was going to play the zone.
3: He's going to try to lull people to sleep. One bad shooting night against Syracuse, and the way that his kid buddy Bayham is drilling it. I mean, he is playing some serious nylon songs from deep. So look out for those two. Those would be the ones besides Georgia Tech that I would like in the ACC.
2: Timmy, final one, and I appreciate the time. You've been around college basketball and college sports for a long, long time. And you and Mike Jeminski all those years doing great, great games on CBS, the ACC, for years, the iron unkind is what I think of when I hear Timmy Brando. Do you have over the years, and I'm sure there are countless memories, a favorite iron-on kind that you think about, like, in your yeah, years of broadcasting? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you where it
3: originated. Uh, it was 95. North Carolina State was playing Duke. Uh, it was the year Pete Gaudette had to coach because Mike Krzyzewski had the, the back surgeries and was out of commission for that year. And uh, Duke had really struggled that year. They were having a tough time struggling to get to 500, really. But they were playing at NC State, at old Reynolds Coliseum. And uh, it just happened to be one of those games where, you know, crosstown rivals, the Duke-NC State one has always been uh, a little more, shall I say, uh, a little dirtier than North Carolina and Duke. (laughs) You know, they really hate each other in a different kind of way. You know what I mean? And uh, they're playing at the old at the old building that looks like an airplane hangar, Reynolds Coliseum. And uh, Chris Collins takes a shot for a one point lead with about eight seconds left, and uh, the ball went—I'm talking 360. Uh, then after it goes 360, it hangs on the back iron, and uh, and goes down. And and so as I said it, I'm like. Oh, the iron kind of Chris Collins. And then NC State comes out quickly and, and fast breaks off a of make. And they had a little guard whose name I cannot remember. You'll have to look it up. He goes end to end and he has one of those, you know, runners that's right around the baseline. He's on the right hand side of the floor. He hits the front of the, he hits the back, the backboard. The front rim bounces up, comes down on the back iron. This is at the buzzer now, okay? So we're talking shot goes in iron kind to length of the floor in five seconds, running banker off the front rim, high off of the back rim, and off to a iron unkind. So we had an iron kind and an iron unkind in six seconds, on Tobacco Road. And, and uh, the rest that's where it originated.
2: I love that story. And the rest, is they say in the business, Timmy Brando, <laughs> is history, my friend. Listen, we will be watching all week. You are going to have a wonderful time in Madison Square Garden. Hopefully they take care of you and you have a nice meal afterwards. Restaurants actually back open in New York City. I know what a concept, so there's that. Um, and you kill it, my friend. Who are you doing the games with this week, by the way?
3: I've got Raf tomorrow Oh, that's
2: iconic right there. You and yeah, Rap doing the games? Yeah, Come on. Getting, I mean, that's as good as it them. gets. We got three of them. And, you know, I didn't work
3: with Rap all year this year. First time that's ever happened because of COVID. He was doing most of his games from his home, whether they were for CBS or for Fox or FS1. So, i didn't, you know, i normally I work with Rap about a half dozen times in the regular season. Did not work with him once this year. I was with Donnie Marshall most of the season, some with Nick Ba And, uh, and Jim Jackson and I didn't work together because he's been doing some NBA games as well as uh, a lot. Of, he's out in L.A., so he was doing games with Gus most of the time in the studio out in Los Angeles. So uh, I get three games with Raft tomorrow and then the quick turnaround to the quarterfinals with Jimmy Jackson on Thursday. So uh, it, it's I, I'll get my fix on the, gov- the real governor, Bill Raftery, uh, tomorrow for three straight games, and then I'll get jimmy jackson on thursday
2: well we can't wait to watch timmy keep up the good work man always great catching up and enjoying new york city okay amigo you bet thanks again for having me on they have it that's the great governor tim barando of fox sports he's gonna have a busy couple of days doing the big east tournament over at madison square Garden. stories for days with that guy he's as good as it gets
1: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue